Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkie. I'm a writer, actor, and devoted fan of Sex and the City and And Just Like That. And I've spent so much time and energy fervently defending the show that I couldn't help but wonder, should I do a podcast about this? The answer, of course, is no, but And Just Like Matt is more than a podcast. It's a faith-based community with a shared mission to bring back Samantha full-time. And it's also a call to action. It's a plea because I'm begging you just like me. Come on, you know you want to. And maybe after you give this episode a listen, you will. Friends, lovers, we're going to be discussing, and just like that, season one, episode five, Tragically Hip with two Tragically Hip guests. You know, this is a, it's a TV series and this is also a podcast largely about friendship. And so it's only fitting that I have the host of the iconic podcast, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, welcome to the show. Hello. I am so excited to be here. I have a lot of thoughts about both iterations of this show and even both seasons of And Just Like That. I know we're talking about one episode, but I'm just saying a lot. We need it all, lot. though. Yeah, we, yeah. we're going we're gonna to get all those thoughts in here. Also joined by, if you listen to Homophilia, you heard her on that show moments ago. She was on there and <laughs> I was so taken by, I went such a good time talking to her that I asked her almost immediately to do this as well. It's <laughs> alarming, my thirst that I came at her with. She's a TV writer who's no longer striking, congratulations, well, technically still striking, but maybe by the time this airs, she won't be. She's written on Sex Lives of College Girls, A New Girl, and so much more, Sarah Tapscott. Hello again. Hey, best friend. Bestie, best, best friend. <laughs> best, new best friend. Listen, nothing draws me in faster than someone's immediate thirst. <laughs> and so I'm in. <laughs> you're, and you're coming to us live from New York at the moment. What was the experience of getting back into a New York state of mind while physically being in New York? Well, I feel like I flew here just to do this podcast Thank so you. I could <laughs> so I could really embody it. Mm -hmm. um, no, it is every time I'm here, like we were just saying, like uh, you wonder, why don't I live here? Yeah. And it's and then you you fantasize and maybe truth, maybe it's real. Everybody I look at when they're walking on the street, I'm like, you're happier than I am. You're more <laughs> cultured than I am. You just had a better day. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But I'm going to believe it. And Sex in the City uh, was my first, you know, foray into the idea of New York City. And I think it holds up. It's it's not a fantasy. I do think it really shines a light and it gives a good representation. So I say it's an accurate documentary. <laughs> Great. I can't wait to discuss this documentary. I lived in New York for many years. and I, But I've been now <clears throat> back in L.A. for 13 years. And there's a part of me that feels like someday, someday I'm going to get back to New York because like I wasn't done with the city. It was also my fifth character. And 
I've been rewatching Sex and the City from the beginning after the sec- after the most recent season of and just like that ended. My husband and I decided to watch Sex and the City from the beginning because he I had seen it many years ago. He had never seen he had seen some episodes, but not all of them. And it is making me yearn to live in New York again so much. Like it really yeah. does capture the magic of a city well. Where are you in the original Sex and the City right now? We put it on hold because I demanded that we watch the morning show, and now we're watching uh, Real Housewives Salt Lake City. But we are, thank you, Mm -hmm. somewhere in the second season. And so we're no longer doing the two-camera. Okay, well, so that's the crazy thing. My memory was, and this is how I presented it to my husband, the first season of Sex and the City is totally different than the rest of the seasons. It's not as good. It doesn't focus as much on the four women. And there's all these weird, like, to-camera things. So mm-hmm. upon the rewatch, now many years later, I'm surprised, at least my take on it this time is like, no, it was pretty gelled from the beginning. Like, it's pretty entertaining from the beginning, A. And B, the to-camera stuff continues into season two. <gasps> it does? It does. I was shocked. Yes. Everyone, it's a real Mandela effect. Everyone has like forgotten that. But no, it goes into season two. And then a friend of mine told me it like just, they just mysteriously stop it like midway through season two. Interesting. I, I, I actually really appreciate them just being like, and we're done. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah. We're just this done. is not working anymore. Yeah. I feel like you can't do that now. You would just cancel the show. <laughs> and I, I love that. They're just like, we're going to change the whole vibe of the show and no one's going to question it. It's great. It's less of a vibe change than I remembered it, though. That's the thing. Is like my memory was almost like, to cite another show I love, the difference between the first season of Facts of Life and every other season, where the first season focused on a lot of characters and then they started focusing on the four. Um, I remember it as like very distinct, but it's not. It doesn't seem to be to me. Like It seems more similar to the rest of what to what came after than I remembered it. Yeah, I it's so weird. Last night I was reading the entire Wikipedia page of the show A Different World, like you do. I don't know how I <laughs> as one does. But I remembered <laughs> that show as a kid as being the Lisa Bonet show, that it was all about Denise going to college. And she's only in season one. And then right. she leaves to go get married. And then it's Whitley. And yes. Denise isn't even there. She makes like, I don't, I think like one appearance in season three or something. Not at all how I remembered it. Mm-mm. So Allison, you were a, a young single gal, uh, not during the airing of sex, in the city, um, because obviously you're much younger than that, but, uh, right. That'd be, that'd be you, an you impossibility. Your, you had your own version of a young, a, a young gal in the city life. It sounds mm-hmm. like. Yes, I did. And did it mirror the show? Where did you have a big, did you mm. have a group of girlfriends you, you know, I, so I watched sex, when I watched Sex in the City originally, uh, I lived in Costa Mesa, California, and I lived with roommates. And I think at that time, this is before I moved to New York, uh, which again is shocking since I'm so young. How did I fit so many lifetimes into my, you know, mere 27 <laughs> years on this earth? But I think that, and it was like appointment viewing for us. This is pre-TiVo, or at least it was before any of us had any of that. Um, and and we would make a point of all like gathering downstairs on the couch 
to watch Sex in the City. Sometimes friends came over, and I think we wanted to see ourselves mirrored on that show. They were older than we were at the time, but this, but the focus on like relationships being the be all end all, and that's yeah. something that I notice watching it now. Um, it's just sometimes I almost feel like it's Carrie is exhausting. Like this is exhausting. The amount, not, and just like that, but the original, like just that, like all they care about is relationships. But I think, and I don't know if that's because culture has shifted and now we want something more balanced or if it's just that I'm older. But, um, at the time it's, it felt very much like, yeah, that's all they care about. And it was also kind of all I cared about. Yeah. Same. Sarah, what was, I mean, you mentioned that Sex and the City shaped your vision of New York, but what, what else was your relationship <laughs> with the show? Well, I, when I watched it, so I had a weird situation where I was at a boarding school for like all of high school and I, I just, you didn't have TV there. And so we would occasionally, if somebody like somehow had a DVD or someone had like downloaded it through the like we just kind of had Napster for a while whatever like you'd watch a couple episodes and we just watched the same episodes over and over and then in the summer I had some friends I'm from Iowa and we would like come together and just binge it all and they were like this is what you missed and I would just devour it over the summer and then go back into a boarding school that had nothing like the outside world and um what did it made me, everyone's like the fashion. I was so unfashionable and still think I am that I was just like, I'm Miranda. I always will be. I literally from the jump people, <laughs> it was like the bit. And it was so sad, like to be a Miranda fashion wise was like such a bummer, but I was just like, I owned it. Was I was going like, for, yeah. <laughs> it's not. And I was like, that's me. And, uh, it, it definitely was like the fun thing of like, who are you? Are you a Carrie? Are you a Samantha? It was like a fun way to just, you know, put yourself in a box. <laughs> and, um, I, I will say the concept of a cosmopolitan was like put into my brain going into college and being like, cool women drink Cosmos. <laughs> and I remember trying one and just being like, this is disgusting. <laughs> and, but like still keeping going at it. Cause you're like, that is what we got to mm -hmm. do. So I don't know, Allison, where the Cosmo landed for you in that. Was it held on a pedestal the way that it was yes, for me? I probably in my life have had one Cosmo. Cause I just uh, in terms of mixed drinks, vodka is not my go-to. But my my roommate mm. and and really good friend with whom we watched, I watched the show. That's all she drank for years, and I I didn't <sighs> put it together till the rewatch. Oh my gosh, I bet it's because of Sex in the City. That yeah. was a hot drink. And it was such. I mean, I don't know who owns the Cosmo, but their stock went through the roof. Ocean <laughs> like, Spray. It was. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was such a thing. And I will say the idea, I remember two things I remember being so weeded into my brain was the idea of Pilates was introduced to me because of Samantha. Oh. And I remember a certain scene where she came out like the shower and some guy was like, good bod. And she's like, Pilates, baby. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Pilates is what you do. You do Pilates, <laughs> you get her body. Mm -hmm. And then I remember Carrie was like, I don't die like my exercise is like, or I don't spend money on anything, but like clothes. Mm -hmm. Like I don't 
that I'm, and then shopping is my workout. And I was like, okay, so you can just, you don't eat, but you shop <laughs> yeah. and you do Pilates. I don't, smoke cigarettes. It's smoke cigarettes. Exactly. But I will agree with you, Allison on. Yeah. I mean, I look back and I'm so sad that my entire life seemed to be revolved around trying to find a relationship, but maybe that's just where your brain is in your twenties. That's what I'm wondering. Um, do young mm-hmm. people, my peers, do young people today strive to have more, like, is there any stigma about being ex- you know, exclusively focused on relationships. Cause when I was in my twenties, there was not like, that's just how we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. But here's my question. These women are what season one of sex in the city. What's their age? So I think Samantha is supposed to be late thirties or early forties. Right. And then I think right. The, rest, right. the rest of them are, I think in their, I'm going to guess early thirties. Right. Early thirties. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so what I will say that I think was very revolutionary and that is that I'm like, okay, focusing on a relationship in your twenties. Okay. But they were like, baby, you can do it in your thirties. And like, that's when fine. you're an you old hag like us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can be just as obsessed and ruminating all throughout your life. So anyway, I feel like I interrupted you. Not at all. No, 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 please interrupt me away. Um, so when and just like that came around, entered when the news was dropped that it was going to happen, obviously without Kim Cattrall, Allison, how did that land for you? I think I was a little bit late to hear it. Um, like when I heard about it, I I got the sense that like, oh, other people are aware this has has been in the works, and somehow I just it wasn't on my radar. Um, but I was excited. I think there's just something about being able to see characters that you that that feel so familiar. Like if they did a Friends reboot, I would probably mm. be like, "That's going to be something easy for me to watch." Um, not having to be, you know, reacquainted with them, and I don't know. There's just something comforting and comfortable about it. So I was excited to see what it was going to be like, and it was like, "Oh, you know, of course I'm going to watch that." Sarah, how about you? A little different. (laughs) I I mean, I think I was excited, but I feel like we got a slow ramp into this with the movies, right? Like the, we were going through the movies and we're so excited about them. And I remember the first movie, almost like Barbie. For some reason, I remember people dressing up. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what we wore, but people dressed up. We brought cupcakes to the theater. (laughs) I don't know. And then it was this like launch in And so there's a part of me that's like, I remember that last movie didn't land for me. And so I was a little nervous. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like going back to a high school reunion where you're like, I'm so excited to see these people. But what if that person that I put on a pedestal ends up not really? What if they they fall in? What if they voted for Trump? Yes, (laughs) exactly. And I'm like, I'm scared to see it. So almost in a good way, I think I had expectations low. So then when I saw them, I was like, they're my girls. Yeah, There they are. And I was thrilled, except for the Samantha issue, which truly to me is, it always just feels like a, it's a, uh, it's tapas. There's no real course. Yes. I'm just eating a bunch of small plates. I need the thing. It doesn't. Yeah, it's a crater yeah. in my soul that I don't expect. And now I actually 
have grown to love that creator for what it is because I know it will never be filled and can never be filled. And so I have just chosen to embrace it. Um, Allison. Matt, did you make this podcast to walk through this trauma mm. about Samantha? Because you just spoke about that like somebody would an ex. <laughs> Absolutely. I, we, I, I think we talked about this on Homophilia. You know that Kim Cattrall has blocked me on Instagram. I've what? talked about this ad nauseum, and I'm sorry to the listeners, but, you know, I say in the, I think I say in the credits to this show, in a winking manner, that the show's mission is to bring Kim Cattrall back full time. Like, it's like a, it's a religious movement, faith-based movement, and that's our mission, whatever. And I, you know, my other best friend, Michael Patrick King, um, has ribbed me about it real good that, like... I won't let go of this Samantha thing and I'm obsessed with the Samantha thing, but I did manifest through the power of my words, her brief return in season two, but (laughs) that it's, it's not that I'm like, Oh, the show sucks without Samantha. None of these women, like I, I, these are all my dear friends and I love them all equally, but I still crave that reunion. I crave the healing on screen and off, you know? And and I believed in some small way, maybe I could help contribute to bring them together. And it just hasn't shaken out like that. Obviously flattering that Kim Cattrall maybe doesn't know who I am, but knew who I was for one second, the second that it takes to block someone. What happened uh, yeah. that uh, created the blocking? We need to know. I, That's the thing. You don't I know? I don't know. <gasps> it wasn't, I, I, I oh. wasn't like I had been been tagging her or, you know, bugging her or anything. I might have tagged her in one thing that's talked about samantha but she it's tagged in a million sex the city videos every day all day and it's so clearly a love letter to her yeah i don't know Mm. maybe she was just like fuck everybody who's associated with this show i have made it made myself clear does it make you take sarah Mm -hmm. jessica parker's side a little bit because i sort of feel a little bit sympathetic to kim cattrall but i'm not exactly sure why but I just do. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I feel like that's not a perspective we hear. Cause yes, really? I think, I think my knee jerk reaction was already to be kind of team Sarah, Jessica, even right. though if I know Sarah, Jessica and I do, she doesn't believe there are any teams, but yeah, I'm her team, but <laughs> it's interesting that you were kind of leaning more toward Kim. Yeah. Maybe. See, I don't think I know enough, enough details about what happened, but I thought that like the other women were mean to her. Mm. or like made her feel old or unwelcome or xyz or something i i might be make, pulling this out of my ass i don't know where i got this is that not you tell me what happened that's i think that is that is something she has hinted at mm-hmm. but it seems like unsubstantiated and it seems to not match the experience of anybody else from the show okay sarah isn't you're that nodding what, like, <laughs> isn't that kind of what ultimately the bully says, oh, right. really? I just want them blaming here. I've never seen is her this a bully. Wow. Not a bully, but I'm just saying the like, instigator. If somebody, if somebody is like not nice to people and then they're like, okay, well, screw you then. Then that person's like, well, they weren't nice to me. Listen. Oh, 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 Kim's a bully in this scenario. Yes. Got it, got it. Yes. Like, isn't, I'm not going to bully. That's the wrong word. But like the one who started it will often be the like well i'm i'm being persecuted right yes right they're not being nice to me and you're like you started the fight but at the end of the day 
Matt, I just want to say congratulations. If if Kim Cattrall blocked me, that that click, she's looking at your face, she knows your name. That is an honor. It is. It's an honor that she has actively been like, I want this person to not have access to me. Yeah, and I want him to know that I don't want him to have access to me. Listen, it is one of my greatest achievements, no doubt. I guess I've always, I mean, you've clearly both seen the uh, scatting video where she where she was playing the upright banjo with her husband mm-hmm. at the time, and she's, no. she's scatting. I haven't seen this. Allison. What am Allison. I doing with my life? I almost oh want to stop and watch the <laughs> real, watch your reaction real time as you. We can. I, I'm going to indulge me. I'm just going to find it really quick. Obviously we can trim around this a little bit, but it's pretty important. And it's important to get your fresh reaction. feels feel like, like unprepared. Yeah. All right. I'm going to let you. Excellent. Just All right. Let that wash over you. Okay. <laughs> okay, I hated that. That was unpleasant. What was that? Now I don't know how to feel. I used to enter into one of the writers so I worked in and I'd walk in and be like, you Jay, you slap us away. It's just that it's it makes absolutely no the sense. Confidence. That's it's so, I, the, the confidence. reason I brought it up is that I've always felt like, well. She's clearly an eccentric person. I think that's safe to say, you know, so is that someone whose interpretation of just like regular interactions might be, you know, skewed a bit. I don't know. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. I know recently for me, Therapy was extremely helpful working my way through a rift I had with a friend. It was really giving uh, Carrie and Miranda in the Sex and the City movie, if you recall. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. When we keep things bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. So remember, therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. And you can do that with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash like Matt today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash like Matt. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 a day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck, then access up to $100 a day as you work, leave an optional tip, any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I'll tell you how I'd spend the money I'd get from Earn In. Our little dog tugboat has had some eye issues, just had surgery, and let me tell you something, it wasn't cheap. So download Earn In today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. And when you download the Earn In app, type in Just Like Matt under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Just Like Matt under podcast. 
Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Possibly. That <laughs> certainly didn't bolster her team. Um, what are the, what are the, does anyone know like what the, what her reputation is or the rumors? Like what does Andrew McCarthy who worked with her in mannequin say? God, I'd love to have him on the, Andrew, if you're listening, please call in. Um, yes. <laughs> He's like blocked. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone's I don't know. blocked. You know, and it seems like nobody <laughs> wants to fuel the flames anyway, fan the flames. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say, but. What we know is that she is not presently with us, but she's she is alive. She's very much alive, alive though, um, alive, alive. Her presence okay. is felt in this episode. <laughs> so why don't we get into it? I mean, you know the oh. the big storylines here are obviously Carrie's hip replacement. That's I can't believe I'm just saying that out loud. Carrie gets a hip replacement. Uh, mm-hmm. The Rock storyline, you know, Charlotte's um, Charlotte's child uh, realizing who they are and Miranda realizing who she is, which is an alcoholic who is gay for Che. So Mm. we'll get into all things Che, but just top line reaction to this episode, Sarah, where are you at? Oh, um, so much. They pack a punch. In every one of our episodes of this show, it is both Sex and the City kind of familiar vibes, but also always throws in a bit of a PSA. Yeah. And we, it, it got it in this one in multiple ways. But um, I, I, my reaction is there are things that could have really been great. Mm. And I feel like we just didn't get them the way I wanted them, but appreciated their effort. Well, I'm very excited to get into the Che thing specifically. I didn't even make, well, we'll, we'll come back to this, but as a self-proclaimed Miranda, I, I have a lot of questions for you about that. Allison, how did this all go down for you? <laughs> so when I realized that this was the episode we were going to talk about, which meant I was going to rewatch this particular episode, I was like, Oh God, I don't want mm. to rewatch the scene with Miranda and Che and Carrie and like, Oh, I, I remember that one being a intense scene and I'm going to relive it. So yeah, that, and I think I have so many questions. It sounds like you, similar to you, Matt, about like the decisions they're making with Miranda this season and kind of just in general, the decisions with Miranda on and just like that. And I, I think I, they crystallized a little bit more for me. Okay. On um, the rewatch of this episode. Yeah, the Miranda of it, there's so much to say there. But let's just talk about the Carrie, the Carrie um, birth, con- the congenital birth defect that she has. Uh, you know, congenital interesting that it almost has. was a kind of an aging <gasps> story that this was just like about somebody who's got a bad back, who's got arthritis, but then it's not. It's a birth defect, but it's still kind of old, old lady-ish. She's got to get her surgery. I, what I love about that storyline is that it feels like it's the beginning of this arc that, and just like that kind of like gives us little tastes of throughout this season and next, but it never like fully commits to, which is like Carrie in middle age, let's say is, is getting a little bit kooky. 
And this seems like this is the birth of that with the painkillers and the the flower <laughs> like lantern hat and and all of it, if, you know. And then that leads us to in season two, she literally gets a cat, you know. That feels like the next the next step in that evolution. Mm. But I I enjoy that color on her quite a bit. Hi, Carrie, you know, Carrie on pills. Um, but also getting to see Charlotte and Miranda both having to step in and take care of her. And Miranda does such a bad job of it for obvious reasons. Charlotte's better at it. But as my husband, Michael pointed out at different mm-hmm. moments, we get to see them show up for each other in different ways. Like we've seen other, like uh, earlier in the season after big died, Charlotte showing up was not helpful. She was too emotional. You know, she was not the one you wanted around. When you've got, when you've just had surgery, choose who you want. She will sit there and literally help you tell you when you are peeing and when you're not. Which, by the way, why did she not realize? I understand she couldn't feel that she was peeing because she was numb, but the urine had quite a sound. Could she not hear it? It's a good, it's a good question. I actually thought she's of like, that Am today I while Am I, I done? was peeing, because I'm hearing the what sound of the stream, not to brag, but yeah. I was like, oh, I... I was like, I hear my thunder. <laughs> okay. It was, it was thunderous. But, you know, drugs are mysterious. <laughs> sure. That's such a good point. I have a, a question for you, Sex in the City, Wise Souls. There was an episode in the original, right, where Miranda, like, yeah. hurt her back or something and was on the ground. And the, I just had this memory yes. where she was, like, naked. And she was like, help. And, and somebody, and she couldn't move. And who came to her rescue? Was it? I I, I, I know exactly it? what you're talking about. Carrie? I can see her on the floor. I can't remember. Oh, man. Yes. And I just was like, oh, is this, oh. like, a kind of weird full circle situation audience is like yelling at their phone right now none of us remembering this it's amazing how many times as like this like (laughs) self-professed sex in the city uh guru that i'm like like, yeah what was that episode i i don't know (laughs) i'll never know (laughs) we'll never know okay (laughs) yeah and i mean i i love sema Um, i love that like the the seam of friendship is continuing to blossom. She's the friend who is like, I've got a guy. It's my cousin. I'm going to make him, you know, I'm going to bully his, his receptionist until he sees you. You know, I enjoy all of that. I will say I actually enjoyed the Applebee's buzzer joke. There are moments in this show where I have to be like, cause I can't say all the jokes land y'all. And it, and that one, I was like, <laughs> all right. So a shout out <laughs> But I then later was like, I'm laughing. But then what fucking hospital gives you buzzers? You, I've actually yeah. never experienced that. And I wonder, did they work backwards on that show? And I wonder, joke? I noticed that they gave the receptionist a joke as well. And that was an interesting decision. Like to give Pat, you know, like a little like repartee between... Carrie, who receives the buzzer for when her, it's time for her to go back for her surgery. And she's like, what is this, an Applebee's? And then the receptionist is like, yeah. yes, but our knives are much sharper. It's interesting that, you know, usually like a rando isn't usually given a funny line. There was a lot of receptionist sort of admin work in mm-hmm. this because also at the at the PT, at the physical therapist, we had mm-hmm. re- reception representation oh, right. over there as well. Oh, Yeah. I loved the PT thing. To me, I, I 
only because I have had, I had a, such a crush on a physical therapist when I tore my ACL and I, in high school and I fell for this physical therapy and it was just like, it's the best. And it is a weird situation where you're like, I, I feel like they might hire hot PTs because it's the only way to get you in. And you're like, I get to go on a date and have somebody massage me for an hour. And for that, I will get better. And I ended up making him, I was 16. <laughs> I made him and the entire staff a mix CD. And that didn't. I love that. <laughs> it was, and all of the songs were limb related. <laughs> I was clever. Oh. And I hunted down. It was Napster time when I was like hunting down <laughs> songs. I'd be like, Ooh, is there a song about a muscle <laughs> that's going on there? And, uh, yeah. Anyway, did you get any reaction? Did they respond? Um, everybody thought it was adorable. <laughs> did he go for it? He was kind. Mm. I later was a receptionist at a hotel actually. Oh. And, um, he came in with his fiance, uh, and I. It was heartbreaking, but that's okay. He cheated on you. Um, <laughs> he cheated on me. I wonder if she's like you're the one who made the CD um, <laughs> with all but- the limb songs, <laughs> yeah. the hot limb hits. <laughs> yes. Now that's what I call limbs, and it was very, it was, it was very real, and so I, I liked. I think he was Australian in this episode. I couldn't tell at first. I believe so. It wasn't yeah. a real hard My Australian accent. experience but it, in PT it was, a good, was a little different. To quote you, Sarah, a little different. Um, <laughs> so then we've got, I, even before we get to the kitchen scene, Che showing up at the hospital. Che's showing up, very insistent on showing up for Carrie, which I appreciated, but it seems like Che, you know, mm-hmm. changes a bit later in the series. But they sit down in that um, cafeteria at the hospital, Miranda and Che. And every time I'm like, I gotta say, as much noise as there is about Che Diaz on the internet, like, I do like those two together. They, there's something between them. I do feel it. And... I, it was interesting to be reminded on the rewatch that Che suffers from a gastrointestinal disorder, diverticulitis. Diverticulitis. Yeah. So, so just like an evidently. inflammation of the gut right? or something. It sounds very uncomfortable, gassy, and and I gassy. wonder if that was sounds sort gassy. of the underpinnings of Che's um, performance the rest of the series. Might be fun on the rewatch to look for that. Yeah, just look for the clues. Someone with with gut issues. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> just exiting towards the bathroom in the background of a scene, and we know why. Um, What's that smell? I feel. I know. I feel like Miranda does a great job of clearly showing that she's smitten with Che. I. Maybe then maybe this is the whole point of the character. She just kind of is like, mm-hmm. I'm here to talk to you about myself. I'm kind of the shit. Right. I'm like, do you like Miranda? Are you gonna use our girl in this episode? And I was like, so I didn't feel the chemistry, but I felt the spark on Miranda's end for sure. Of like yeah. Goo Gaga, yeah, right. tell me I more about diverticulitis. More than the chemistry um, between them is the spark from Miranda's side. She is so smitten. Yeah, because Che is 
giving pretty clear fuckboy energy mm-hmm. from the start, just like not asking Miranda any questions about her life. And yet it comes back later on when no. um, Miranda is like, oh, I, I'm not like out to my family because I'm still married. And Che gets mad. It's like, and Che's like, what? I, you're not in an open marriage? It's like, you you literally never asked. Obviously, Miranda should have been honest with everybody, but Che doesn't ask questions. Yeah, I don't know. Che be like, <laughs> right. hey, I have a lot of sh- shitting problems. <laughs> How's your marriage? And throw any throw any ball into the other court. But yeah, it was... But. I agree that it was kind of Miranda, it was very Miranda heavy. She was carrying that chemistry for sure. I find myself resistant to the Miranda Che thing because it's like, mm-hmm. Miranda, you're supposed to be there for your friend. Miranda, you're not being responsible. You're being like a teen with a crush um, and you're being taken, like this is a diversion. Uh And what crystallized for me last night was, oh, maybe the reason I'm feeling that way about it is because it really is juxtaposed again. It's like she is paying attention to Che when in the show she like and because of that, she's hurting her friend. And it's it's a really interesting choice that her coming out is presented as something that is like having a negative impact on the on these characters that we love. And I'm wondering why they chose, it's, a, it's just an interesting choice. And like, I wonder why they chose to do it that way. I fully agree with you. I was, that was the bummer for me was that like, we get this, you, you are resistant. You don't want to, there's a shadow overseeing mm-hmm. somebody have their first like sexual experience and awakening um, it's layered with her hitting rock bottom with alcohol and also abandoning her friend. And we're like, and we're supposed to be like, mm-hmm. great. So happy you know who you are now. It's so, they really just like poo-pooed <laughs> it the whole time. Not to pull a Che term, but like, they like really like kind of just didn't set you up to be excited about it. And then I think they then try to go back around and make it. But but I feel um, like that must have been like, I just feel like this must have been deliberate because it's it's not just a slight thing. Like, it's very clear. Like Miranda let Carrie down. Miranda is, you know, right? Yeah, it was like a bummer you're seeing. And like, I'm we keep like building up to the sexy, but just to like touch on it, like your inner cutting between like, like Miranda's excited to see Che at the hospital and Carrie's like, well, I don't want you to say um. And then you're like, entering sex, you're like, oh my gosh, Miranda's having the sexual awakening. <laughs> and then you're like cutting to a woman being like, I'm pissing in a bottle. And you're just like, the association yeah. of it is just to be like, we, like, it's almost like if you were watching any hot <laughs> sex scene and you like cut away to like a Pampers commercial, mm. it's gonna like take away the like heat and the fun of it, you know? So it's just, it didn't set you up, but it must've been, they. I think they had to be like, okay, we now have to get people back on the side of Che after this. Like that was the work they set up to do. Yeah. And I just always come back to the thing that they always say, which is their rule in the world of the show in the, in the, in the writer's room is like nothing happens on the show that hasn't happened to somebody who's in real life in the room. And I'm like, somebody then 
got their hip replacement. Mm-hmm. They had the Applebee's buzzer. Somebody r- realized that they might not be totally straight and they pissed in a snap hooked a up bottle. to somebody in their friend's kitchen. You know, I, 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 I'm sure some version of that has happened. Well, it doesn't. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't seem unrealistic. This idea that a uh, otherwise responsible adult suddenly like gets a yeah. crush and then is acting sort of like a teenager. Um, I think that's realistic. I just think it's interesting that they're like making it difficult for the audience to root for this couple. I think. Yeah, and it only gets harder. <laughs> it really only gets harder. And I will say, um, my friend who's an editor, <laughs> when we were watching this. They were like, I want to cut together that kitchen sex scene. Oh, take the carry mm-hmm. bits out. And I think it could actually be hot. Sam's certain parts where it, it you know, you want to be like, if anybody w- was watching this and had never seen <laughs> any queer sex, I would be like, it's not like that. <laughs> but like, it's, <laughs> and just like that, it's not. <laughs> and, but, um, but but levels of it were like sexy and hot and it like had some like build up and you're like okay and i think if you took away the carry bit you would be all for it yeah. but if the whole kind of you know vein of the show is everything we really want to build on the friendships it's not just about sex and kind of maybe where as we were talking about before the original is Oh, like, who do I have a crush on now? Who do I love? And this one's really, yeah. this show I'm picking up on is so much about the friendship. Um, so I get where that's going to be our story. First and foremost, we use things to serve that. So maybe that's. Let's come back to the kitchen scene. We're going to keep on circling it. And I don't know what there is left to say, but I, <laughs> there's more. The podcast, <laughs> X, Y, and me. America's favorite podcast hosted by Che and Bobby Lee. Uh, like I said, love Carrie calling in on a zoom high on pills. Um, she tells the story about, about Samantha removing her diaphragm, which I think is a real thing that happens on sex and the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think I just saw that very recently on the episode on an episode. Yeah. And when she texts, Samantha afterward and they have even now I'm like on the edge of my seat. I, I, those texts see, I hate when people text on TV and in movies, it just speaks to like my desperation for any bit of Samantha, but it always works for me. I have that too though. Yeah. I had to remind myself like, that's not actually Kim Cattrall writing those texts. That is someone else you know, on a, like this, but to me, it also felt like, Oh, a, yeah, cam- a cameo exactly. from Samantha. And when the three dots appear and then disappear. Mm-hmm. It's devastating. The dots are up. <sighs> a breath is being taken. Yes. Never. That's said. the real romance and I want to see. I don't mean I actually want them. I just mean like, I get, yes. it's like the yeah. feeling of someone like two people you want to be together. And it was so good when she, cause it was like, Oh my gosh, what is she going to say? And like seeing her just, have a very Samantha response being like, I love that your vagina is getting yeah. airtime. And you're, and she says the thing we're all thinking, see, which is, you're good. I miss you. You're good together. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say to Kim is I miss you. Mm. Um, she'll, she'll never hear you. Cause she blocked you. 
I know. Allison, in <laughs> your podcasting days, have you ever had a similar incident? You talked about somebody you shouldn't have. You didn't think about it till after the episode went out. You had to reach out or do some damage control. I am sure I've had, not exactly. I've had situations where people have been mad at me over things I said on the podcast. That was early on. Uh, and then I kind of just learned like these particular people never talk about them on air because they're just, they want, and it, you know, I think I had a, a younger sort of like, that's not fair. I'm living my truth reaction at the time. But now it's like certain people just, they are very private and they don't want, even if it's not offensive, they don't want anything about them on air and that's fine. I have also had situations with my husband early on where I would tell him, I just want to let you know this, this, and this came up on the show and I want to tell you before you hear it. And then he would be nervous about it. And then when he'd hear it, he'd be like, oh, that was so much better than I thought it was going to be. So then I realized actually the warning makes it all worse. But I have had a situation where I don't think I said anything bad, but I was on pills on air because I had the first time I ever had surgery. I went back to work six days later and I was I was on Vicodin and was I also on Valium possibly, even though I don't think you're supposed to mix those. I don't know. I just know that I was like fairly high. My mom drove me actually. This is when I was on the Adam Carolla show. My mom drove me. And I just remember oh, wow. those shows being like some of my better shows. I think because I was yeah, so well, uninhibited. It makes sense that people get hooked Whoa. and actually want to use, you know, when they're being creative. Yeah. I loved when they were like, we really want you to know that she's high. Like when they opened the door of the like hot fellas van <laughs> that looked like they were like smuggled home and they were, she's just like noshing on a baguette. <laughs> and you're just like, all right. <laughs> and then of mm -hmm. course the hat that makes her look like those little cupcake dolls <laughs> that you, I used to be able to get, you can like turn them inside out. Doesn't worry. Don't worry about it. But like, they they were like, if she doesn't pull this off with her performance, we will make sure the mm -hmm. world knows. Don't telegraph it. Girls offer rocker. Yeah. Let's talk about rock. We had to talk about rock. I love that the way Charlotte finds out is over a group mom Zoom and she thinks everyone's frozen because they all realize that she's like the last to know. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It feels to me like... Obviously, Charlotte and Harry are coming out on the side of we're going to support our kid no matter what. But I appreciate the fact that they didn't make it so easy and that we got to see them struggling with the idea mm -hmm. and questioning it. And I don't know, that seems kind of like the more daring choice to me because it feels real. It feels like that is that is what the conversation Charlotte and Harry would have. And it's like as much as. I couldn't even believe I was having this reaction, but watching and, and seeing Harry be so defensive, I felt it's like it, I can't imagine having a kid and having teachers tell you things about your kid that you don't know and them informing you how you have to talk to your kid and address your mm -hmm. kid. I don't know. I love how this stuff is handled. And then you get another perspective, of course, from Anthony when he's like, oh, when she was a uh, when she was six, she told you she was a dog. She a dog. You know, our wise friend. <laughs> I loved that too. I mean, I will say in the sense of like, it's kind of, they're a little damned if they do damned if they don't, right? If they have these characters be like, no, like I'm totally cool and this is great and I'm not phased by it at all. It's kind of, 
you're like, that's not accurate to probably your generation. Mm -hmm. But then if you do do it, you're like, why are you giving a voice to that thought? And so like, they're in such a, a tough situation. And I think they did do it pretty well of being like, okay, let's honor the reality of the shock and then have and show what like a good school system would be where they're like, hey, we side with the kid and these types of things. And it definitely handled it well. The one oh, thing, yeah, <laughs> I really wanted that TikTok to be better. Is all my is my note. I wanted I wanted Rock <laughs> to give me a TikTok that I could then sing along to. <laughs> but, yeah, I forgot about uh, the TikTok. Yeah, but I thought they did a good job with that. There was one line though after they have the school meeting and Charlotte and Harry are walking out and he's still resisting the idea that you know Rose is Rock and that they will adjust to this and stuff. I forget what he says, but then Charlotte's like. You are a wonderful father. <laughs> and I was like, is he right now, though? Because I found myself being like, oh, come on, get there faster. But I think you're right. It is realistic, their reaction. But I just a little frustrated with him. And I, that's probably what Harry, Charlotte knew that's what Harry needed to hear to help get him there. She knows how to play him. Ooh, that's true. She's the neck that turns the head, man. She is, that's, she, she kind of has always, her character is this weird combination of like innocent and a bit naive to things. But then also you're like, honey, you are a master manipulator and you know what you're doing and you are running this room. Yeah. It is a very so true. interesting play of a character that I, I love I Charlotte more it's and more. Fun. It's the definitely, older that we get yeah. as we grow old together, you know? <laughs> as the kitchen sequence kicks off, I realized that this was the moment that gave us the iconic line hey, it's Che Diaz. And Che hits Carrie's buzzer and Miranda answers. Hey, it's Che Diaz. Che comes up. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's a Rambo. Remember that? Miranda loves I had forgotten about that. I had blocked that. Yeah. That's one name change I can't stand for. Right. I'm all for rock. But Rambo, no. You're Miranda, and I don't care how you identify. man. It's really t what I love most about this the sequence, you know, Che and Miranda are hooking up at the kitchen and Carrie is needs to pee and she's seeing them in the mirror is that the show gets a lot of guff from the people and is is sometimes referred to as cringe and this is a very cringe-worthy sequence but it's mm. completely intentional. I agree like I, it is a bit of a bummer that this is kind of that Miranda's sexual awakening has to happen under such sort of shitty circumstances. But for better or worse, it was so intentional that this whole thing was going to be a train wreck for everybody involved. Because then you get the, what I think is the best scene of the episode is this big fight between Carrie and Miranda afterward. And that we get to the heart of the matter. Yeah. That scene, like when they get to the heart of the matter, I was thinking, I was like the roller coaster of the, the things you, you're so right. They threw so many moving cars into this scene that you're like, this is intentionally going to blow up. I was thinking about them talking about it. If I got that in the outline, like as a, they're like, okay, so uh, you're going to need to address the fact that she's, uh, they have had sex. Carrie saw Carrie was abandoned. We're going to get to the alcoholism. Then we're going to get to the fact that she's unhappy in her marriage. And then you got to pivot to the fact that she's probably gay. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah. And also Carrie's covered in pee. And Carrie's covered in piss. And a lot of pain. You're just like swerving the, the turns of the seat. That's a lot. a lot of ground to cover for sure. Mm -hmm. 
was a lot. And now, Sarah, when you were talking about the 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 hookup itself, is part of your objection the way that Miranda screams so violently and that animalistic <laughs> bark that she releases? There, there is. I keep going back and forth on it. And I mean, I keep. I Once you see it, you don't stop thinking about it. The, um, I, I do think it's like hot and it's sexy. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but like I do like yeah. Che being like, she does like they ask consent they are like can i touch you and like do that and they're like mm-hmm. tell me you like it and you're like all right okay like here we go and it then does get into a like <laughs> is is miranda getting murdered kind of like scream cry for help level and i don't want to shame anybody's like orgasm sounds like we all can get there and and maybe that's part of it that's some fun role play but like there is a level of um almost seeming against her own will uh that that it, that it kind of was just like are you in pain but she's not she's in pleasure matt <laughs> that's the most pleasure she's ever experienced in her life in fact yeah i think it's supposed to be like an ecstasy that she's never a level of ecstasy she's never felt before yes and it's unforgettable it's aggressive (laughs) yeah and there is the like i do think that Cynthia Nixon does a great job of like playing like a teenager being like we could have a drink now Mm -hmm. in the afternoon and that is like such a teen thing and the tough part I just wish remove one of the things remove the alcoholism like take the alcoholism out and that would have been like great she's giddy she's having shots because she's a teen because at at first at some point you're like did you want to do that or are you just a drunk Mm. Did you, you know, like there's too many moving parts there for me personally, but. Or if you got to keep that, then maybe take out the fact that Carrie's pissing all over herself in the other room. One of the one. Yeah, I hear you. Yes. Yes. I was wondering what's going on. What is Carrie feeling that she's able to do the acrobats of peeing into the, doing like a wall sit on the edge of her bed and peeing into the peach stack at a certain point, isn't it like, well, now can you, can you crawl to the bathroom? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're halfway there. You're literally, you're your leaning against your hip. hip. You're using, yeah. You're- <laughs> right. Like what part of you is in pain here? Yes. That's a good question, Allison. Cause I, it seemed like her quads couldn't keep mm-hmm. her up. Sure. Her knees, I would have thought it was a knee problem, but like she, I also wonder, did they, what were those calls with Diet Snapple? Yeah. When Diet Snapple signed to? off on this, were they like, what are what's our what are we going to be in? You're going to be her post surgery treat and payday. Just love it. Great. And is that all? Yeah. Yeah. She will piss. <laughs> <laughs> you will fit a urethra. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a wide mouth bottle, so they w- couldn't have gone with like you know Pepsi One. I thought they were because I don't. I haven't had Snapple in a while. I'm sorry for all the Snapple heads out there, but the, uh, I was like, remember the little, there's always like a joke or a line underneath Mm -hmm. the cap or like a fun fact really thought they were going to utilize that. (laughs) You know what? Now that you say it the first time I saw it, I thought the same thing. 
forgot all about that. That's right. It was such a specific yeah, reference. And I thought, is this a callback to something she used to drink really? in the old days? Yeah. Again, I barely watched that show. I don't know. I don't believe we've ever seen her drink a diet peach snapple, <laughs> which is the, her specific order to Miranda. I don't either. I hope we never see it again after what she's after what she experienced. Yeah, yeah, I was just I was struck by her physical strength in that moment, you know, and and they did show it. We've got I mean, we've got mm. piss on that bed. We've seen yell when she spilled the snapple and then you're like, "Oh, here's the thing, guys. I just put it together. They did diet peach so that when uh. they spilled it, you're not like, "Oh my gosh, that's pee." You're seeing peach, right? Like I thought that was for right? sure pee. I thought that was pee. I mean, that I thought so too, but right now I'm like Oh, did they do peach because then it won't gross you out? You're like, oh, that's just whatever. And you're just like, oh, that's just, that's just the snapple. I don't know. Right. That's, that's peach snapple with a little bit of pee. Right. (laughs) But, um, they really kept it. They really showed it. They showed, I will say (sighs) this episode should just be called, we really show it because on all areas, um, in the kitchen, she went there. Yeah. Yeah. And what does Che say afterwards? Or she's like, yeah, hit, it's like, what is it? It's like Slide into my DM like, hit, if you want to chill later, something like that. Yeah. If you, want to ch- if you want to chill again. Yeah, if you want to chill again, slide into my DMs. And I felt like, does Miranda know how to slide into DMs? Good question. And also, like, on which app? Well, we'll find out later that Miranda tries, fails, yeah. thinks Che's blowing her off. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but also, I just question how Che talks in general because they're calling their things com- or comedy concert. Or Miranda? Yeah. Comedy concert. Yeah. yeah, maybe Miranda called Che's things comedy concerts. So I think, Miranda, yeah, I think yeah. Miranda might not be hip with the lingo. Is that just Miranda who calls it a comedy concert? I thought they all call it that. Maybe not. I didn't think it was knowing. I, I think you're right, Allison. At least that's the way it was introduced to us, although I don't know if we've ever heard Che use that word. Yeah. But Carrie, I think, in the, when she, she was like, you're coming to Che's comedy concert with me, or I don't know. Um, let's just go back to that just briefly since we're on the topic. My stance is that, yeah, I don't love Che's material, but there are so many stand-up comics in our world whose material I don't love, but they're still out there doing their thing. And they have a lot of fans and they're doing not comedy Mm. concerts per se, but they've got specials. Yeah. I mean, you're, I think you've already covered this before. I think you're damned if you have anybody and I've been on shows where you're like, okay, we're going to have a a stand up come and perform. And then you're like, cool. We're going to watch them walk in, introduce themselves and we'll watch them walk out because there's no world where you say somebody's funny and you say a joke. It's, it's why no one should ever, if you're like, oh, I'm a comedy writer, or I'm a comedian, eh, tell me a joke. You're like, you you can't do it. It's awful. Um, so accurate, but I don't think. What about Seinfeld, mm. Sarah? <laughs> or or uh, Miss Maisel. You're right. No, I find Miss Maisel to be not as, yeah. fun, not as funny as <laughs> everyone on the show thinks she is. It's, it's tough. Che's just, that's tough. I also don't particularly love Che's personality on the podcast i was trying to figure out why why in general the che character was not a hit although i think che is is softened in the second season but um i think as well our introduction to che and a lot of che is on the podcast where it's i don't know it just feels like a lot of posturing 
Like there's, we don't really get a sense of who yeah. Che is. I don't think. I agree. I mean, we know about their, we know about their diverticulitis. Right. <laughs> and from that point on, we don't know much more. Yeah. But I will say, and this is just, and this is kind of probably to like a larger thing about the show that the thing I did love was the different dating, right? Like the, di- like you get to meet different people and like Miranda universally for me always had some of like my favorite people that she dated in the original, like the hot dog guy, the eat me guy on the street. And I was like, like I they truly the funniest and then even the guy um, who like worked for the Knicks or something, and he was the one who gave, it was really loved him. He gave her the yes. cookie that's like, I love you. And like, she ate the cookie in full and like all like, even like out of like the trash or whatever. And I was like, and then she had like the Weight Watchers guy. Oh yeah, the guy who chewed and spit. <laughs> no, oh. it was, yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. He like loved donuts and would have like a glazed donut face after that's like one, yeah. eating her out or whatever. And it's just, there's actually a lot of food stuff I'm realizing with Miranda's people. <laughs> like, she also had, I'm sorry to interrupt she, but she, uh, just this important connection to make is that she also dated Jim Gaffigan, who was the guy who went to the bathroom with the door open, seemed to also have gastro yes. Uh, issues. Yes. She has a type. <laughs> she has a type. She has a type. <laughs> People who love to eat and have trouble dealing with it. And like the, I loved that so much. And then I think there's a part of me that's yeah. like, okay, like, can we have some fun with this here? Like I, I miss the fun mm-hmm. of the dating and the different people. I miss that. I know. I, I think that's where I hope that's where we're headed in season three, because, you know, over in, in season two, we see Miranda mm-hmm. realize like, Okay, I'm done with Che, but I I'm also done with men. I'm a lesbian. I'm dating women. This is it. She has one that one disastrous fling with the um lady who's got it, like off doing her laundry, and then meets Dolly Wells at the end of the season, and that feels like a real connection, mm-hmm. which is great. But I'm also like, I hope that doesn't work out because I would love a season three where it's just Miranda dating woman after woman every week. And also, my husband Michael always says every time we walk by a lesbian bar in New York, he's like, "Why? When are when are the girls gonna take Miranda out to a lesbian bar? The fact that they haven't done that yet is uh, they yes. own to her as friends. Also, here's. I mean, I will admit I haven't finished season two, so maybe this does happen. But I want Miranda to just get on those streets, plow through, and then come back and meet yeah. up with Che and be like, Che, I've become a fuckboy. <laughs> and be like them, like both of them being like, man, <laughs> I did this and did that. And she's like, that's class, great. a rookie mistake, man. And like, that's yeah, what that I want is like, season two, um, so I... yeah. Cynthia, you just manifested that. <laughs> Can I tell you when I went to my first Pride in New York was this year, and saw Cynthia Nixon in the Dyke March, and when walking down, it, she was incredible, and she was there with her wife, and the of course, like every person wants to take a photo, and I was like, I can't, and then I was like, Fuck it, I can, and it was, I just ran up and I was like, Can I take a photo? Thank you so much, and just, oh, and wow. she just as she's walking is like eh. and so I did, I did a drive-by pick with me and Cynthia Nix and I was just like this is it if that photo is available obviously would love to post it with this 
episode. Yes, I'll course. give it to you. I look, I look insane. I am just because it's a drive-by like <laughs> selfie. Um, but crazy. she is such, you know, this is her time. Any other thoughts, Allison? What are your hopes and dreams for the future of the series? I'm assuming you watched all of season two. I have. I hope it keeps. I felt like the first season was they were trying to do a lot and maybe there was some course correction, you know, like, look, we we know what the criticisms are about Sex and the City and we're trying to correct that in the first season. But it was just it didn't have that spirit of fun and it didn't feel light. Uh, it was almost like, I, I, you know, just now I'm like, would I argue that the first season is a little bit moralistic, actually, which is kind of like diff like mm-hmm. Carrie is dour she's in mourning but also like there's not that you know free-spirited sort of libertine aspect of it which the original series had second season I feel like is in tone a lot more like the original or feels more like it's gotten back to what the original series was and I hope that continues like I have enjoyed I enjoyed watching the second season more than the first event just like that so I hope that continues yeah they kick off that second season with like a sex montage, you know, that the opening of the, of the first episode of, of, of season two is just like, mm-hmm. everybody is fucking mm-hmm. the sex is back. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's also a lot of, there's a lot of humor in the second season too. So I hope that continues. Yeah. I feel like the, the, like carry on the pills was, that was like our momentary glimpse of this episode of like carry lighthearted. And you're like, yeah. And if we would get more of that, it's what I want. I also, I did, I had a question I wanted to ask you. And so if you allow me. Please. I, in the episode when Miranda realizes she drunk ordered her own self-help book. I want to know, have you ever drunk shop? Both of you, like, have like what have you drunk order? Or like late night order, you totally forgot you bought yourself something mm. online. What did you buy? Allison, anything? I haven't purchased anything while drunk. But I know I had a moment. This is not, I don't, I don't drink anymore, by the way. But this is not one of my prouder moments. I was at South by Southwest many, many years ago. And the next day, I received some text messages. And I was like, from guys. And I was like, how many people did I drunk text last night? So that made me feel like, what the fuck did I do? And then also, I have had moments not from being drunk, but just more potentially from like a sleep disorder. I mean, in the morning being like, I ate that in the middle of the night, just like finding evidence of like, oh, I guess I did some snacking in the middle of the night. So those are my <laughs> versions of ordering this book. I get that. Matt? Yeah, I, I, I it's at one point probably should have ordered myself this book when I'm thinking back. The You know, I, I also had, you know, some interactions. They weren't over text. They were over different apps, if you will. You know, some plans are made. You wake up in the morning and there, mm-hmm. those plans were not completed and they're wondering where you are. And, and also just really <laughs> woke up in some places and did not know where I was or who the person was next to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, um, had some wilder, some wilder moments in my 20s and 30s. Wow. <laughs> no, somebody needed That blows to that Amazon me. book out of the water clearly um <laughs> have you sarah i mean i i drunk shop yes covid shopping like late night at 3 a.m 4 a.m what am i doing i wake up to packages all the time 
<laughs> but like things that like, this is who I am now. Wow. The amount of lingerie I purchased, never wear it, never worn it. And, mm-hmm. but it's at like 3 a.m. You're like, I think I need a full body suit mm-hmm. because someone somewhere, someday, <laughs> somehow is going to see it. Um, or like art, mm-hmm. I would buy art and like he just makes too big, can't go anywhere, have to return it. So I guess that's my, that's my drunk, sh- my late night shopping. You guys have much more cool scandalous. I'm like, I bought a big painting of a bird and it doesn't fit in my, <laughs> in my apartment. Yeah, I know. That just seems like cute. I think everyone's just a lot less worried about you than they are about me. <laughs> oh, it's sad. There's depths to it, but, um, but yeah, I am, I'm excited for Miranda to date more. I am excited for Carrie. I want that bubbly Carrie back. And I, I know that Samantha makes a cameo in season two from what I've seen online and I haven't gotten there and I'm excited to see that. Yeah. I do what you did with your first uh, season experience and lower those expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd forget about it even just be pleasantly surprised okay not because it's not great but just because it's it's it was meant to be a tiny little brief treat and then brief the internet ruined it if you can imagine that mm-hmm. god yeah okay okay but i'm uh i am excited it's keeping me going and this episode i will say reminded me of like yeah we got it. It's going and it's things are good. We got to get back on that train and finish the second season. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Allison Rosen, Sarah Tapscott. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here, Sarah. You can come back to LA now that we finished recording. You've done your duty. Thank you so much. I'll get on the plane now. <laughs> And Just Like Matt is a WOW Podcasts production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkie. Our executive producer is Renee Colbert. If you've got a burning question about a relationship or friendship problem, or really anything Sex in the City adjacent, just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us at andjustlikematt at gmail.com, and I'll answer your question on the show with my very fancy guests. 